comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Netflix, no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. And welcome to episode 90 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined tonight by Mr. Brad Milo and Mr. Jim Dietz. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. I am the Walking Dead. I've been struck with a spring cold. <laughs> well, we hope you get better soon, Jim. But before your voice runs out, we've got a podcast to do. And we know it has been a while. It's been uh, very busy around HHW LOD headquarters as we've been battling website problems and all kinds of stuff. So we should probably get to that first. If you are subscribed to this feed, guess what? The feed is going away, kind of, most likely, when we redo the website here in a couple days. So, in about a week, double-check your feed. If it's not on iTunes anymore, uh, just resubscribe to the new one. There will be a new WDTV feed. All the old podcasts will go back on it. There will be a new HHW LOD feed. All the feeds will be redone. Brand spanking new, better than ever. Uh, we ran into some technical glitches. We had an old version of the website that wasn't quite up to snuff with what iTunes wanted and uh, was uh, giving us some problems, uh, not just with iTunes, but also with you know cyber attacks on the internet, all that kind of stuff. So we're starting from scratch. We're making it brand new. All the shows will still be there. Don't worry about missing anything. But just to be safe, in about a week, double check, resubscribe to the feed through iTunes or whatever podcatching type device you use, and everything should go just fine. We're sorry for the inconvenience, but hey, sometimes this stuff happens. Plus, don't forget to check out our new revamped website in about a week at dhhwlod.com. We're going to have some new content. It's going to, it's going to be brand spanking new and shiny, so you definitely want to check that out, too. Yeah, I'll actually have a new podcast coming out, Jersey Shore. That's S-U-R-E, and that'll be up on hhwlod.com soon. Uh, we gave a sneak peek on LOD a few weeks ago and uh, got some pretty good response from it, so I can't wait to launch the podcast proper. It's a very clever name, by the way, Jordan. Thank you. Uh, a sincere thank you. Uh, shall we get to the news, gentlemen? Absolutely. All righty. Well, let's start with uh, some Season 3 news before we move on to any Season 4 news, and that is about the Season 3 Blu-ray. I don't know if we have the specs for the general Blu-ray or DVD yet, but we do have um, at least the packaging specs for the Season 3 Limited Edition Blu-ray, and boy, is it a doozy in the best possible way. This is a... A uh, double-decker fish tank full of zombie heads display case. Uh, it is backlit. It's got five zombie heads in it and possibly liquid that they're floating in. It's a little bit hard to tell from the picture. could just be simulated. But this thing is really cool looking. 
costs like a million dollars, right? It's uh, MSRP, which of course you're not going to pay actually anywhere except maybe Best Buy or something, is $150. Uh, it's available on Amazon for pre-order for $104.99. But if you are the type of collector who likes uh, very nice packaging to display, or just a big fan of uh, the governor, or maybe you just really like decapitated heads floating in, zomb- in fish tanks, hey, this is for you. Definitely take a look at the picture, at least on Amazon. Uh, the the collectible that comes with this is it's really up there on the par with the you know the screwdriver head uh, opening zombie that we had for season that was a season two I think uh, that was a special one for that. This is really nice though. It looks it looks well done. Yeah, it definitely looks to be uh, very good quality. And and you know for me, I'm not really the type to go out and buy these type of special edition displayed items but if i was <laughs> johnny this... m johnny m oh, sorry <laughs> but if i was this would definitely be one i'd want and i think probably even cooler than the uh the screwdriver head zombie from last year i mean that was very neat but this definitely feels like a piece of the show this would look better on the shelf too it'd be a little more tameable with a regular like entertainment center shelf than, than a giant head with a screwdriver sticking out of it would be you know uh, i know johnny m and russ are both big you know uh, limited edition Blu-ray collectors. Uh, and Russ got that giant uh, Marvel Universe set that just came out. Did an unboxing for that on hhwlod.com, and this is this would be the kind of thing that'd be right up their alley. I mean, it's it's really cool. I would totally splurge on this collector set. I haven't I haven't even purchased uh, the D, the Blu-rays from season two at all, but which is weird. I just realized, but I would totally get this uh, fish tank set up. It looks awesome. In our next bit of news, we actually have an upgrade for three of the cast members for The Walking Dead. Emily Kinney, Chad Coleman, and Sonequa Martin-Green, that's Beth, Tyrese, and Sasha, respectively, have all been up to series regulars for season four. Carol's still not a season regular? She is not, and that's going to be based on whatever contract she signed when she came on the show. Um, they all came on later, so their contracts would have been completely different, would have probably uh, had you know different amounts of time. You know, If you sign a four-year contract, well, your contract's not going to be renegotiated until it's time to re-up. Uh, you whereas... would think, af- out of professional courtesy, they would put her name at the beginning with all the other major players. It's not really, as, as I understand it anyway, it's not a professional courtesy thing. It's, it's literally just the papers you sign uh, for your contract tell you where you're going to be. I get that, but, you know, she's a big part of the show. Let's throw her a bone. Put her in there, you know. Hell, she had more um, screen time and words than T-Dog ever did. Was he a season, Was he a series regular, though, or was he a I don't uh, know. supporting? Well, guys, you know what? They've been going through showrunners so quickly, maybe you'll get your chance to do that. Maybe. That's true. I just, I've really grown fond of, of Carol. I want her to be, you know, respected as far as her, the actress goes. That's all. I do not blame you. And I should also mention that they are joining David Morrissey, the governor who was also also promoted to series regular for series four. That does not mean that he will actually be in every episode, but it does mean he will be credited as a series regular. Well, okay, if he's going to be made a series regular, why would he not be in most of the episodes? He probably will be. I'm just saying um, for, right. uh, for story reasons. And, for... and that, leads, that leads to my next comment, which is boo. <laughs> Let's see what they do with it before we boo it. You know, it could be All awesome. Right. Maybe so. Let's hope. I mean, we've barely seen Laurie this season because, of, of course, you know, spoiler, she died. But she's still, <laughs> she still gets, uh, you know, top billing right after Andrew Lincoln. So it might be, you know, something they let, you know, David Morrissey's uh, governor, you know, let his character lie fallow for a while, even though he's in the credits, and then, you know, bring him back toward the end of the season. Or, you know, who knows? It's all speculative at this point. 
Right. I, I believe another big difference, and, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure this is the case between series regular and guest stars, is a series regular gets paid for every episode regardless of whether they're in it, and a guest star only gets paid for the episodes they are actually in. It's like salary versus hourly. Pretty much, yeah. So that that's another... Uh, another big thing. So if you are, you know, the credit is more telling people, uh, the viewers and, you know, producers out there, anybody who's watching the show, this is what camp the actors are in. So if you were to move one, a person from one to the other, you would actually have to pay them a lot more as opposed to just um, giving them a nicer credit. I'm glad we're gonna, that means we're probably going to see more of Tyrese and Sasha because I mean Tyrese is such a big presence in the books and such a cool character and I really would love the you know the TV audience to get a, a, a taste of the Tyrese that I know you know what I mean or an, an idea of what that character means to me in the book. Sasha seems like a cool foil for him and uh, I think will also be a good character going forward. It's interesting. You know, I'm glad they're going to be uh, they're going to be you know have more time on the screen. We also got a new cast member announced. Yes, we did. Uh, Larry Gillard Jr will be playing the role of, let me make sure I get this right, Bob Stuckey, uh, who is, he is a character from the book, um, and the only thing I'll say, so we won't spoil anything, is that he was a resident of Woodbury. This is going to be a different take on the character, I mean, of course, uh, his name is actually spelled slightly differently, and one of his major roles from the book is has actually already, that time frame has already passed in the show and didn't happen the same way so it's it's unclear exactly what he will be doing but it is it is a character from the book mr gillard is also a veteran of the wire which chad coleman was from so we have two alums of that show on uh, walking dead now and now granted i have to admit even as a tv guy i have not seen the wire yet it is on my to watch list oh my god really but i do know it is well respected as one of the best shows of the last few decades on television so it is always good to see um people from quality shows joining the walking dead i haven't seen it either jordan jordan's such a tv guy though i'm just very shocked i mean Wow. Well, wasn't it on HBO? It was, but it's been on DVD forever. Um, okay. you, really, you really owe it to yourself. I mean, I watched it by checking it out of the library, for Pete's sake. I mean, you should be able to find it fairly cheaply or, or at your local library, even. It's just really one of the best TV dramas ever, and these, these actors are both really strong in it. I mean, I mean, other actors have spun out of that show. Idris Elba probably has gotten the better than most uh, you know, fame from The Wire or whatever, but, I mean, it is one of the best TV shows of all time. I definitely put it in my top ten in the drama category. How many episodes? If I'm not mistaken. I think it's five seasons overall. Are they like shorter seasons, no, like 13 full, or whatever? Like, they're 13 episode seasons, yeah. Okay. Look, I just got to, got through Buffy and Angel this uh, this past year, so I'm still behind on my TV viewing. I'll, I'll, you, though, I'll get to it eventually. That, but <laughs> you should definitely, you owe it to yourself. That and uh, the same creative team, Tom Fontana, and um, uh, created uh, Homicide Life on the Street, which is also one of my favorite dramas of all time. Now, something I'll put out to you guys, we we didn't talk about this uh, before the show, we lost several major, or uh, two major, female characters this past year, and we've gained quite a few male characters, but are there any particular characters from the books you're hoping to see in the show, or are you interested in other female characters joining the show in general? Because it seems like we've got a pretty uh, uneven balance at the moment. Well, didn't they announce, uh, what's her name, Karen, the character Karen, I guess she's the She's the Woodbury survivor. Uh, yeah, that's Karen. She's played by Melissa Ponzio, and she will be a recurring guest star in season yeah, four. So, you know, there's another woman character. I, I That kind of stuff doesn't bother me. You know, I'd watch the show, I guess, if it was nothing but women. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think I don't think like that. 
No, I understand, but it just it, it does stick out that there are so many male characters right now, and the two major deaths of this past season were both female, and, and uh, I guess maybe even selfishly for myself, I'd like to see more women on the show, um, because I'd rather look at them than the dudes, but also, it, you know, it just does seem weird how many male characters there are at this point. My favorite heroic figure probably ever is a female, as far as movies go, and that's... Uh... I'm going to guess Ripley. Yeah, Ripley from the Alien Saga. I mean, I just, I abs- you know, it, that that role was written for a man at first, and then I can't remember who made the decision to cast Sigourney Weaver. But you know, I love female hero figures. I I think they're awesome, and um, you know that that's why I'm really enjoying Carol because she's kind of stepped up and grown a sack. And can we say that? <laughs> it's up to you, not us. <laughs> I'm fine. She, I'm fine with just about anything. So, um, I mean, it's just she's grown and and gained courage and and i i like that um you had mentioned was there anybody from the comics we want to see i i think i'm past the comics now i'm ready for news stories uh the things i wanted to see from the comics i've seen they have happened on the show so i'm ready for i'm ready for new stuff to be completely surprised which, I mean, maybe this is a good transition then, Brad, into what do we want to see out of season four? Because, like you said, the, the major plot lines that most people think of when they think of The Walking Dead kind of end at the prison. And that's not to say there wasn't really good stuff after the prison in the book. In fact, my favorite storyline, which I believe is called Beware the Hunters, happens way after the prison in the book. But not only are those major storylines with that one accepted behind us the way this season ended is very different than how the prison storyline ended which granted they're not out of the prison yet but even where they are is very different from anywhere they were ever at the prison in the books so this next season can go anywhere so what kind of stuff do you guys really want to see what kind of stuff do you want them to stay away from do you want them to stay at the prison most of the season do you want them to be venturing out into the countryside what is it that you Uh, expect and want out of season four what makes the show watchable for me is that it's not a rote um you know note by note shape for shape adaptation of the comics um i'm very thankful for that i think what i'm looking forward to the most are the surprises are the way that they're switching things up like you say putting bob sticky in this part of the timeline you know keeping shane for as long as they did in that part of the timeline i mean mixing up the characters the way they are in the situations i think that's what's really drawing going to draw me back in season four what drew me back at the end of season two into season three was wanting to see those things from the book wanting to see michonne and her pets wanting to see the prison and the governor and all that entailed and now that we've seen all that i think that my hook for season four is seeing what they change you know i mean like you say the status quo at the end of season three is much different than anything we saw in the prison storyline in the comic and what's going to bring me back to watch it again um Next season, I think, is seeing how, you know what the, what next changes occur. You know what next, you know, what new surprises are, are in store for me. Since you know we're in uncharted territory, we're in a, you know a narrative, the, a whole new narrative. You know, the thing I want to see for season four, uh, I think we got a taste of that this past season with uh, the episodes that the new showrunner scripted. What's his name? Scott something. Scott Gimple. Yeah, he the the Michonne, Rick, and Carl episode was really good. I want to see those character-centric episodes. You know, I don't need the whole cast in every episode. I really appreciated those episodes that he wrote, and uh, I think he did a really good job. So I'm looking forward to a little more character development, you know, concentrating on two or three characters at a time throughout an episode. I think that would really benefit the show as well. 
it's a real tightrope too. I mean, on one hand, you're gonna have people criticizing if you know it's all character stuff and characters character study more you know, the more thoughtful moments, you know, they'll, they'll criticize that there isn't a zombie carnage. And then if you have something that's just all-out action every week after week, then you have people criticizing that they don't get, uh, you know, enough of the character development. So it's a real light, it's a real fine line they have to walk, I think. And uh, it's no wonder they've they had a lot of people, different people try to do it. Yeah, I think th- there is no right or wrong answer for a lot of things in life. But, I mean, as far as what makes a good show, it's all subjective. You know, some people love... Game of Thrones, I, you know, I tried five episodes and I'm out. You know, I, it's just it's all subjective and you can't please everybody, I suppose. So I may criticize the show here and there. I may criticize a showrunner or whatever, but at least he's trying to do his best, and I, you know, I should learn to uh, appreciate that. I agree with you, Brad, that I'd like to see uh, more stories focused on a smaller cast of characters, two or three, four or five, um, instead of the whole cast. I feel that. And I've said this before, but I feel like when the show falters, it's when they're trying to cover 30 seconds of this story and two minutes of that story and five minutes of this story and the episodes that I think, in general, most of us have really liked, have liked the most are those ones where it's, hey, here's four characters in a van or here's Shane and Rick. Here's just a, one storyline or maybe two, but just focusing on those for the hour. And those have been the ones that have worked the best, at least for me. So I'd like to see more of that in this next season, which will be interesting given that there'll be a lot more people around with uh, all the people from Woodbury coming over at the end of the season. I don't know how that'll work exactly, but hey, uh, stranger things have been done. I'm also interested, and I know, Brad, you're trepidatious about this, but I am definitely interested to see what they can do with the governor around as a main cast member. Well, I mean, like I said before, he, that does not mean he'll be in every episode. It just means he'll be paid for all of them, um, as I understand it. But will he be that threat on the outside? Will he be setting up a rival town? Um, what does this mean? I'd even be interested to see if they might roll him into the Beware the Hunter storyline, which, again, I won't spoil, because if and when that comes around on the TV show or if and when people get around reading in the books, it is crazy. And like I said, my favorite storyline in the whole series so far, Um, but I could see, especially with how off the rails he went by the end of the season, them being able to fold him into that storyline pretty neatly, so that would be pretty cool. Um, I am interested in meeting the new people from Woodbury, not just um, Mr. Stookie, but also uh, you know, Karen and who else is there that can bring new life to the show, who can bring new storylines to the show, how will they interact with our cast members, that kind of stuff. Before we get on with the rest of the show, we should point out that our sponsors this week and every week our discount comic book service, which you can find at dcbservice.com this month for April, which there's only a couple days left, but like Russ always says, you can always get those orders in right up to the wire. Uh, They've got Batman Superman number one for $1.99. That's 50% off. They got Lazarus number one for $1.49. That's also 50% off. They got lots of great deals, lots of cool Walking Dead merchandise. You can get your Omnibuy there. You can get the hard covers, the soft covers. Uh, Check it out if you're enjoying the show and you haven't checked out the books yet, there's an, a, a multitude of awesome storylines in that book that you can check out at dcbservice.com. And of course, when you order, they already have all kinds of great crazy deals, you know, 50% off like the ones I just mentioned there, uh, all the way up to even sometimes 75% off. Uh, enter in the code when you check out WD8. You'll save an extra 8%, and that'll let them know that you're listening to their ads here on this program, and we would always appreciate that. So check out dcbservice.com 
Enter the code WD8. Save an extra 8% off your already crazily discounted comic book and comic book-related merchandise order. Now, this summer coming up, gentlemen, we have a zombie movie uh, that'll be a big-budget blockbuster coming out on June 21st, 2013. We've talked about it a little bit here and there, but what are your thoughts now that you've seen some more trailers and footage for World War Z? Or World War Z for the rest of the world? I'm friggin' ready. I know it's not the quote-unquote regular normal zombies, but it just looks good. And, with, and I'm encouraged because I'm not a huge Brad Pitt fan, but I really want to see this movie. So I'm happy. I'm great. I'm excited. I read the book, and uh, it's gonna be. I'm I'm interested to see how they're gonna adapt that to the screen, uh, if at all, or if it's just you know World War Z in name only. Either way, it looks like it looks interesting. I was I was somewhat uh, interested after the first trailer, but the second trailer really kind of sparked my interest more. So I'm interested in seeing that quite a bit. Uh, for me, it's it's just the way the zombies move and behave, like a colony of ants uh, or bacteria, you know, like an infection. Yes, and I, granted, I have not read World War Z. It's another thing on my to-read pile. Um, I did love the, the Zombie Survival Guide, though. I know this is nothing like the book from every indication and article I've read. And granted, part of the reason I'm not too concerned about that is I haven't read the book. But for me, what I'm most excited about is that this is just like nothing I've ever seen before. The way the zombies are behaving, um, the world they've cre- they've created for this movie just looks really neat and interesting and should it have maybe not been called World War Z? Well, we'll know for sure once we've seen uh, the movie and people who have read the book and and seen the movie will be able to compare it, but that said I still think it looks really neat Something else I wanted to mention since we have you on the line here, Jordan uh, I know you got to see the pilot for the new Zombieland uh, TV series on Amazon. Yes, I did You want to tell us your thoughts and uh, a little bit about that? Sure. Well, a little bit of background. Amazon is moving into production of original, uh, well, television in quotes, programs, but specifically made for Amazon Prime, you know, just like Netflix did with House of Cards, which is awesome, or the upcoming season four of Arrested Development, which they just released the first clip of that today, which was really, really funny. Amazon's doing the same thing, and they they did it a little bit differently. Instead of just, here's a program, they came out uh, the other week with 13 pilots, and that was split between, I believe, seven or eight programs for adults, and the rest were, were kids programming. Um, I watched all of the pilots for adults, because I'm not too interested in, in shows for two- and three-year-olds, sorry. And to various degrees of success, I, I thought that the shows worked. Some were better than others. Unfortunately, Zombieland was the one I thought probably worked the least. Um, it is written by the same people who did the movie, and for anyone who knows a lot about the movie Zombieland, which was really fun, it was originally intended as a television series, and after they were told, and granted, remember, this is pre-Walking Dead, zombies will never work as a TV show, they went and turned it into a movie, to great success and to a big fan base, and now that they've turned it into a television show, I've gotta say, the producers who told them this will not work on TV were probably right, because it is not very good. Yeah, I didn't get the chance to see it yet, and one of the main reasons I haven't gotten around to it is because of uh, you know, opinions like yours that I've heard that what didn't turn out as well as they would have hoped. I tried to watch it when they first announced it, but apparently they announced it too early, so there was an issue with the web page. Yeah, it was that like the link to the web page got leaked out before the the file was actually there, so they weren't they hadn't officially announced it. It just got out, so that oh, okay. was the problem. But I was really interested in watching it because I loved the movie Zombieland also, but after hearing you talk about it, I don't... I got better things to do. 
Yeah, and it's a shame, and it really speaks to, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I, I will uh, paraphrase the people who have already said it because they're absolutely right. It really speaks to how well the cast for that movie worked. You know, all across the board, all four of the main cast members in, in the movie really had great chemistry. They played off well off of each other, and they really sold those characters. And nothing against the TV actors, but they don't have that same chemistry. They don't have really the same skill in putting those jokes over. Not to mention the budget for the zombies and the effects is just not nearly the same as it was for the movie, which is not surprising. But it really, not that we ever really complain about the special effects on The Walking Dead too much, you know, occasionally we'll point out something that looked weird, but it really even speaks more to how awesome uh, The Walking Dead looks on a television budget, because the zombies in this show did not look very good, the effects weren't very good, like I said, the jokes just kind of bombed, and it's the same four characters as the movie, it picks up after the movie, um, the, the events of the movie are referenced, it just, it does not work, and it's a shame. Did they mention Twinkies? Uh, there is a Twinkie reference, because um, you actually, uh, I will spoil this, not that it's a big spoiler, the show actually starts with a scene before the zombie outbreak, or I should say right at the beginning uh, with Tallahassee, and uh, there is a Twinkie reference right as everything starts to hit the fan. It's interesting how they both, how both Netflix and uh, Amazon struck out in this, you know, un uncharted territory of online only, but uh, exclusive programming, you have like you said, the 13 pilots on the Amazon side, and then the Netflix side, you have the House of Cards with uh, Kevin Spacey, and then Hamlock Grove, the Eli Roth-produced uh, soap opera. From what you're saying, the, the quality level isn't that great, and the production value isn't that great on Zombieland, whereas you know House of Cards and Hemlock Grove both seem to have at least, like, I don't know, at least AMC or FX-level quality production design, I think, you know, production level just from watching them. It's kind of a shame. I really think that is kind of where, you know, exclusive programming is going to go in the future. Yeah, and I would I should point out, you know, I, I like I said, I did watch all the other pilots, all the other um, non-children's programming pilots anyway, and some of them actually did look really good. Um, Alpha House, which was really good, and I, I really enjoyed that. It's going to, your mileage will vary based on your uh, political leanings, I should say, um, with that program. It's very left side of the aisle leaning in terms of its, of its stances. Um, so, like I said, it's going to depend on where you lean on the aisle, whether you enjoy it or not. But it looked great. Uh, the Onion News Empire, which is an, yet another Onion, uh, you know, the Onion.com TV show, was really funny, and it also looked fantastic. I really enjoyed a show called Betas, uh, or Betas underscore. I don't know exactly how you would pronounce that, but that was really good. There's a musical comedy. They're all half-hour shows, um, and, and they're worth checking out, I think, even just to participate in the experiment of helping a, a burgeoning network choose what shows what to, uh, to run. Because that's what the, the whole thing is. You know, everybody can watch these pilots, everybody can rate them, and based on how many people watch them and, and how well they're rated, that's how they decide whether or not to bring these shows to series. And it's a very democratic and cool way to do it, I think. One other zombie, uh, non-Walking Dead zombie thing I'd like to mention before we move on. There's a movie from a few years ago. I don't know if Jim or Brad have seen it, but gentlemen, have you seen a movie called Pontypool? No. No, I haven't even heard of that. I would like to recommend it to you and to our listeners. It is available on Netflix Instant. Pontypool, Spell it, please. P-O-N-T-Y-P-O-O-L. It is a zombie movie with almost no zombies. And technically, it's not a zombie movie. They're not zombies. But 
for all intents and purposes, just like a, uh, you know, 28 days later, for, for the purposes of discussion and being overly general, let's call them zombies. It is a zombie movie where you uh, follow a talk radio host in Ontario, or not really a talk radio host, but a radio DJ in Ontario, who's just been hired there. He's only been there a little while. It's a very, uh, in the middle of a very big blizzard, when all of a sudden they are getting reports in of strange events all throughout Ontario. And so with only a few very minor exceptions, you almost never leave this radio studio. And it's just the host, the producer, and the technician, and a few other characters who come in and, and leave a few different times. You almost never see the zombies just a couple times, and when you do, it's pretty messed up. But uh, it is a very interesting take on how to do a zombie movie where you're mostly just hearing things. You're hearing uh, people call into the radio show. You're hearing their eye-in-the-sky weather guy calling in uh, you know, about what he is seeing. And it is pretty amazing how, I don't, I don't know if terrifying is the right word, that might be exaggerating a little bit, but how much suspense and um, tension they can bring just with people telling you what they're seeing rather than actually showing it to you. I will say the movie has a bit of a weird ending, and I say that even for me as a guy who likes movies with weird and quirky endings. It's strange, but I think even if you didn't enjoy the ending, the rest of the movie it would be worth it just to check out for, for the rest of it. It's pretty cool, and not too long either, maybe like an hour and 20 minutes, something like that. But uh, Pontypool, it's available on, on Netflix Instant. It's probably available on Amazon Prime as well. I didn't check. But uh, check it out. It's a cool and different take on the zombie movie. Can you explain the the name Pontypool, what that refers to? Uh, there is an explanation given for how... It, it's the name of the town that they're in, in Ontario. Um, there is an explanation given. I forget exactly how it worked, but it had to do with the name of a bridge, and when you translate it into French, it means this, and the bridge was destroyed. It was confusing, but it's the name of the town. It's not a big plot point. Yeah, well, it you would think they would have named it something to make you go, huh, I wonder if this has something to do with zombies, or, you know, if somebody, you know, names are helpful, like Videodrome. What the hell is that about? You know, I'm going to watch <laughs> that, but... I, I think it was mostly just named that because it's a small town in... In, I, uh, no, I get that, but I'm just saying you would think they would want to name it something that would make people curious. Because the, just hearing Pontypool doesn't make me curious at all. I, I understand. It, it is a strange name. but And it's It's also based on a book called Pontypool Changes Everything. So it's uh, it's not like they just pulled that name out of uh, out of nowhere, although I guess the, uh, <laughs> the author might have. But it, it stars Stephen McCaddy, so if that name means anything to anybody, um, he did an excellent job in the film. And uh, like I said, it, it's worth the watch. It's not too long of a movie, and uh, if you have Netflix Instant, it's free for you. So I recommend it. As you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast does not exist in a vacuum. We're part of a whole posse syndicate family of podcasts uh, available at hhwlod.com and in the off season of Walking Dead we hope you check that out so we have a lot of stuff going on, on the site we have a lot of cool blogs and uh, other great podcasts you might enjoy and one of those podcasts uh, out now with Aaron and Abe uh, Aaron Newworth who's been a guest with us several times on the Walking Dead TV podcast and who writes our episode by episode reviews um, on, the, on the website uh, his podcast with, uh, with his buddy Abe Moa have uh, 
they've reached their 100th episode. So I wanted to shout them out. They are now they're in a podcast. They review movies that are in the theater now. Um, they do a great job. And uh, happy 100th episode, guys. I just wanted to shout them out. Congrats, Aaron. Yeah, congrats, guys. Uh, we, we always enjoy your show. We enjoy having you on. And we enjoy just talking to you in the off hours because you're cool guys. Yeah, and thank you, Aaron, for your contributions to uh, the world of The Walking Dead and, and our little part in it. Gentlemen, a question we've had from our listeners that we should uh, we should delve into a little bit. What are your thoughts on season three as a whole? Now that we've had a little bit of time to reflect on it, to look uh, to look back in some hindsight, we've seen all of the first oh, three seasons now. Do your rankings change now a few weeks out? Do your thoughts on the season as a whole change? Are they still pretty much where they were when it ended? Well, for me, season three was the most ex- the most bang for my buck. Um, we all know the first half of season two was very slow. The second half picked up. The first six episodes of the show, which is the entire season one, that you know there were some ups and downs there, mostly up uh, for me. But um, you know, I really did enjoy season three. It it brought my favorite episode of uh, the entire show, and I really wasn't tremendously bored in season three much like I was in season two so I'm happy with season three I'm just you know my biggest complaint about season three is the season finale and if that if all I'm really complaining about is the season finale to me that means you know that bodes well for the rest of the season if I can only complain about one show season three has been my favorite season so far um compared to one or two I think it had a it had a good balance in the first, especially in the first half. Had a good balance between tension, action, and and character development. Uh, I think it might have stretched out a little bit there at the end of the season. You know, getting coming on to the uh, you know the big confrontation with the governor and, and uh, Woodbury versus the prisoner and whatnot. But other, I mean, other than that, and that's a minor you know uh, quibble on my part. Uh, season three has been my favorite season so far. I just uh, really. I, I, we've gotten you know the really good character episodes like the episode with uh, with Morgan. We've gotten the really good high action episodes. Uh, we've gotten the really like tension you know, filled you know not not knowing what's going to happen next episodes. I'm thinking here of uh, you know, the episode where Rick and the governor meet face to face over the table. Um, we've we had it all this uh, this season. I thought it was a really good season overall. I really enjoyed. You know where it went, um, and I don't have as big a problem as Brad does with the the. Um, the finale, and in fact, I, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. That's probably going to be my biggest draw into season four, so it's been my favorite season so far. Yeah, I don't know that my thoughts on season three have really changed much. I still really enjoyed it for the most part. There are, of course, some dips in 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 the uh, in the tone and in the pacing as, as the season went on, but in general, I, I, I got to agree with you guys. I think it was my favorite of the three seasons. I'm interested to see where they go from here, especially with that ending, which, yeah, it wasn't as great as it could have been. I don't know that I still disliked it as as much as a lot of people did. But um, I think in general, the stuff they did with Michonne eventually was very good. The stuff they did with Tyrese throughout was very good. All all the new character stuff was pretty good, in in my opinion. I was happy with what they did with most of the returning characters, Andrea's storyline, it didn't work as well as it could have. I liked the idea of what they were trying to do with it, but it didn't really pan out that well until maybe the end. But in general, yeah, I thought this was probably the best looking of the seasons, um, the most intense, and I was really happy with it. 
We've got some listener feedback on the Facebook page about the Season 3 finale and, and just Walking Dead in general. Uh, Ken wants to know whether or not we thought there should have been a, a scene explaining more why they brought all the town of Woodbury to the prison. And his example would have been a scene after Andrea you know, shot herself. You know, Rick and the gang decide to leave, and Tyrese could have said, you can't leave us, what about all these people? The governor could come and kill them tonight. Rick and, a- Rick and company have a discussion. Daryl says, prison's still safe. Rick looks at Karen and Tyrese and says, does that bus run? Did we did we need a scene like that, or are you fine waiting till season four to really get the explanation of why they chose the prison, why they brought everybody there? I expect that scene will happen in the first episode of next season, so I'm not sure that it was necessary. Um, it it kind of would have felt uh, superfluous. That's a big word. A little extra, a little unnecessary to have to explain it. I mean, for me, it was pretty self-explanatory, you know, as to why he why he brought him back. So I I personally did not need the explanation. And I'm like I said, I'm sure we'll get it next year. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be more. Every like I think Jordan, you've been fond of saying it. Uh, question or quibble that we've had usually has been answered in the first five minutes of the next episode. So uh, I, I think that's another example of this here. I really didn't need to have that explained to me that he brought them all about why you know he brought them all there, why you know, and all that. It was pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I think also without it being you know announced ahead of time, it had more impact at the end of the episode. It's kind of a object lesson to Carl, like, look, you know, human life does have value, even these people, you know. So. Yeah, although, to, to be fair, usually my, uh, it'll be explained the next five minutes, or the first five minutes of the next episode, usually the next episode isn't quite so long away, <laughs> but uh, I, I do share the sentiment. Uh, Phil Hurd, who, who sent me a nice gift the other day, and I think he said he sent one to the other guys on the show as well, so thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Phil, for the comic, I appreciate that. I got one too, Philip, I haven't had a chance to uh, uh, download that yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Philip is... A really nice guy. He's done... This is not the first time he's done something like this, and uh, it warms my heart. We do appreciate it. Uh, he has the comment that if you take the second half of Season 2 and the first half of Season 3 and combine them, in his opinion, you get not only the best season of the show, but one of the best of any show ever. Now, what are your thoughts? We've all pretty much said we like Season 3 the best, but... Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. He says if you take the second half of Season 2 and the first half of Season 3 and combine them, you'd have the best season of The Walking Dead. Do you agree? Like, if we all said we like Season 3 the best, would a a segmented season of second half of Season 2 plus the first half of Season 3 be better than that, in your opinion? Or does Season 3 as a whole work better for you? I think I, I actually agree with that assessment. Because, obviously, the second half of Season 2 was, was really good. I mean, we all loved it compared to the first half. I think the second half, uh, the first half of season three, probably was if you had to pick a half, it probably was the better half. So yeah, I would say that's a fairly accurate s- assessment. Oh no, I have to think about that. For me, I think it'd be a toss-up. I-, I really did like season three, and yes, I liked the second half of season two a lot. It would, I'd have to like re- rewatch all of that back to back to make that decision, but it would be close, um, and I think it could go either way. Luke Smith FX over on Facebook says he misses Jim, of course the Jim from the television show. Although I'm sure he would miss you as well, Jim. Um, he says, "How is I'm it?" I'm right this... here. <laughs> he said, "How is it that such a small bit character, both in the show and comic, can be remembered and missed so much?" And same goes for Amy. He says, 
I guess because he died the most noble death we've seen anyone die in the whole series. That's actually probably true. Probably. That'd be my guess. What are... That's an interesting question, though, to jump off of that. Do you prefer, in a long-running story like this, a smaller character who comes in, does what they need to do, and then is dispatched from the show, and you have a really tight story for them, but it's very short... Or a story that's maybe not done quite as well, but you get more of that character over time. Like, like let's say Jim versus Axel. Two characters I liked a lot. Axel still had a shorter time frame, but it was much longer than Jim's. Do you prefer a story more like Axel's or more like Jim's for for an individual character? I think you need you can use both. I mean, to great effect. I mean, Axel. We I mean, Jim. We we ended up knowing a lot better than we did Axel before he died. Um, Axel was kind of in and out quickly, but I mean, you know, also had some good character moments there. But I think you can have both in, in the drama, and they both work in, in different ways. You know? I mean, Morgan, for crying out loud, we saw him in two episodes, and he's one of my most memorable characters from the show. You know, it all depends on, you know, I, I guess the story, you know, what the character does, how the actor portrays him. Um, uh, it, like like Jim said, it could either way works. You know, I was surprised that I was in, uh, enthralled with Shane's character as long as I was, considering he was around much longer than he was in the book. So it works both ways. As they introduce more characters in season four, would you prefer one or two characters that have longer storylines, or maybe you know five or six characters that you just meet for a little bit but give you a really strong impact? Or would you rather stay with the main cast and just have brief touches on the new people from Woodbury? I think it's time to really develop the main cast in the way that Scott Gimple did with the Morgan episode. You know, he really shed a light on Michonne and Rick and Carl, and I think it's time to do that with all of the main cast. You know, the the Dixon brothers have had their time in the spotlight, you know, especially Daryl with the the flashback episode from season two with his brother and then, you know, some of the interaction between the Dixons in this past season, they've had some, some good stuff, but I think it's time for, you know, I'd like, I'd really like to learn a lot more about Carol, Uh, especially Tyrese. I want to learn more about Tyrese. I I think it's time to, to do that really quickly. Genesis 3d love on Twitter DM'd the walking dead TV podcast, Twitter account and, I just wanted to let Genesis 3D Love know that I will get back to you via the email address you left instead of trying to communicate through DMs on Twitter because that's a lot of information. I just I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you. I just have to sit down and type up an email. So please for, forgive me for not getting back sooner, but I, I haven't forgotten about you. Well, that'll be it for this week. We will be back soon with another episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Another reminder in a couple days we will be redoing the website it should be up and spiffy and work better on mobile devices and everything and it should fix any itunes problems or general podcast downloading problems you may have had so uh in about a week go over there and check resubscribe to the feeds everything should work hunky dory and pay attention to the facebook groups because all the information will be there whether or not it worked uh whether or not you need to do anything because maybe maybe we just redo the website and everything works you don't even have to resubscribe we won't know until it happens unfortunately russ is working his butt off to make sure everything can work which is why he's not here tonight because he never stops working the man is an animal Pay attention to the Walking Dead Facebook group. Uh, There's lots of great content on there now, even in the off-season, and that information will be there as well. 
So until next time, you can leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. Send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, Legion of Dudes, Black Box, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the brand new Jersey Shore, which will be out soon. And all those shows can be found on Facebook as well. Follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. And so until there's no more room left in hell and dead walk the earth, remember, we really hope this website reshuffle goes well, because it's been a lot of work for us, and he needs a break. Have a good week, everybody. Test one. Testing. Three, four, oh. five. Eight, nine. Ten. You're a little bit behind me, Jim, but no problem. You're trying to tell me I'm slow? Uh, I'm <laughs> no, I, I know what you're, you're saying. I was making a joke. Your ping's a little slow, but that's about it. No, my input was not right. So I just switched. I'm going to have two files, I guess. Sorry about that. No problem. I'm whacked out on DayQuil, dude. You're lucky I'm, I'm vertical. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, call and response. Uh, a, B, C... Oh, so you can sync it up. Yeah, ABC. I, I was only... Uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> ABC. D-E-F-G-H-I-J. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. That should be enough. Red and green and brown and blue, they're the really useful crew. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine is Skynet. That's all I want to say. I want it to go in the bloopers. Thomas the Tank Engine is Skynet? He is. Think about it. He's a sentient machine. You could do you could do worse as a robot overlord. I don't know, man. Thomas is pretty evil. <laughs> I, get, I have to watch it every day. Oh, that's right with the kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. I grew up on Thomas the Tank Engine. I only emerged kind of screwed up. So did he teach you what a respect for aristocracy or like? I don't think I ever had to watch that. Oh man, you're lucky. Mostly taught me that I liked trains as a kid. My daughter loves it. Mine was Barney. Oh, well, I'm hoping to avoid the Barney. Uh I, I, I hope you can too, Jim. It's We've already gone through the Yo Gabba Gabba, the Team Umi Zumi, um, what else? The Bubble Guppies. Now, now we're on to uh, Thomas. And Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, which reminds oh. me, if you guys haven't seen the new Louis C.K. Uh, special, it's brilliant, and he talks about Clifford the Big Red Dog. It's really funny. <laughs>